A warm welcome to this uh, special service of Believer's Baptism this evening. It's great to have so many with us, and particularly uh, families and friends of those who are going to be baptised. We've been waiting in anticipation for this evening for some time, and it's wonderful to see how God has been at work in people's lives. The service will be led by Andrew, and uh, following the service there will be refreshments downstairs. Please do stay and join with us for those. And um, if you're a regular attender at the church, please remember the Wednesday night prayer meeting and to pray for those who are involved with Mishmash on Saturday. I'll now hand over to Andrew. Well, again, a very warm welcome to you all. Some of you have travelled a long way to be here, as far away as Bury St Edmunds and Northern Ireland. Welcome to you. Far away places like Falkirk and Tayport <laughs> and other distant parts of the globe. So welcome to you all. It's lovely to see you. Uh, the candidates who are being baptised very much appreciate your presence as family and as friends. A baptismal service is a sort of mix between a party and a play. It's a party in that we are celebrating the birth, the new birth, the spiritual birth of good friends. And it's a play because it acts out what Christ has done for us and our sharing in what he has achieved. And so, as with a good party, I hope we can celebrate. I hope we can sing. I hope we can rejoice. I hope we can feel relaxed. We can even clap and cheer at various points. And like a good play, I hope this service will also be reflective and will make us think and will challenge us and will move us. So, welcome. And for those who, of you who are not used to church, um, we'll explain what's going to happen at each point and I'm sure you will enjoy it. So we're going to begin by singing two hymns. All the hymns tonight have been chosen by the candidates, and we're going to sing a very traditional hymn to begin with, chosen by Olina Ton from Ukraine, and then a modern hymn that Troy has chosen. So let's stand together as we begin.
If you're able, please remain standing to sing. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, O oh my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before, O oh my soul, I worship Your holy Strange. 
And as we are seated, we're going to pray together. Let us pray. Almighty God, maker of heaven and earth, giver of life, source of our hope and our salvation, we come to worship and praise your holy name. We see your beauty in the world. We have a pale glimpse of your power and vastness as we look out into space. We see your faithfulness in the way you preserve this world. But above all, we see you as we look at your Son, Jesus Christ. As we see his compassion for the broken, his kindness to the lonely, his power over nature, (coughs) supremely his love in dying on a cross, his vindication as Messiah in resurrection. So, Lord, we see your compassion, your kindness, your power, your love, and your victory over all. Living God, we praise you tonight for all that you have done in our lives, and particularly in the lives of the baptismal candidates. We come by your Spirit tonight to to thank you for all that you have done, and by your Spirit we pray that you would show us more of your love in Jesus. Come in your grace now and surprise us with your generosity and your goodness. Give courage to all who speak and openness to all who listen. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to read from the Bible and I'm going to ask Heather 
mum of Judith, who will be baptised, to read for us. Our first reading is John chapter 3, verses 16 to 21. If you wish to follow along in the Bibles in the pews, we're on page 1066. John chapter 3, starting at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And our second reading is found in the first book of Timothy, chapter 1, verses 12 to 17. And that's on page 1191. So beginning at verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Heather. We're going to stand and sing a hymn that Johnny Woods has chosen, Be Thou My Vision. Let's enjoy. Yeah. 
please be seated. Everyone knows about fake news. Everyone is wary of it, and everyone is, I guess, weary of it. Apparently, fake news, as one word, has been designated the word of the year for 2017. Of course, it's hardly a new idea. Emperor Octavian famously used a campaign of disinformation to aid his victory over Mark Anthony in the final war of the Roman Republic. And it has been a key weapon of war, of social manipulation for centuries. I confess to having had moments of purveying fake news myself. I have more than once tried to convince people that before I was a minister, I was an Olympic boxer, or alternatively, a fashion icon. And for some reason, no one believes my fake news. Tonight we come to celebrate good news. The good news of the Christian faith. The good news that God is real and at work in the world. The good news that has impacted the lives in particular of nine people who we're going to hear about and see baptised. But maybe before we come to their stories, we should pause just for a moment and ask... How do we actually know it is good news rather than fake news? After all, the majority in our society are more than a little sceptical. And some, the real hard secularists around, would argue that all religion is fake news. Richard Dawkins, the God delusion. Christopher Hitchin, even more angrily, a social poison. Recently, some of us have been reading through the letter in the New Testament that we heard read by Heather, 1 Timothy as it's called, written by one of the great leaders of the early church, the Apostle Paul. And in this letter is advice given to a young church leader in ancient Ephesus, and what makes it interesting is that one of the main issues of this letter is how this young leader can face a church awash with fake news. People who are purveying all sorts of religious ideas and myths and add-ons to the centre of the Christian faith. And strikingly, Five times in this and related letters, the Apostle uses the phrase, here is a trustworthy saying. Deliberately making a distinction between fake news. Five times, here is a trustworthy saying. Not found anywhere else in the New Testament. A trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And many think that the sayings that he then goes on to quote are very early parts of Christian hymns or creeds, 
And the first of them are these words here. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And it is a remarkable statement, both in its reach and in its intensity. And I think that it gives us some important handles on how to discern good news, true news, from fake news. So very briefly, let me suggest a few things. First, there is here a claim, a truth claim, a claim that can be investigated and examined and tested. Christ Jesus came into the world. Today is what we call Advent Sunday. It is the beginning of the Christian calendar. It is a time in centuries past when baptismal candidates were prepared for baptism. And it is the claim, foundational to everything else, that God, who we can never know by our own searching, for he is so vast and we are so limited, this God has made himself known by becoming one of us. God has chosen to enter our world in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. So here's the claim, that at the heart of the Christian faith, it's not just some subjective experiences that some people have had, but is a historical person and a true story. Jesus of Nazareth is not some Santa-type person who we start believing in once we arrive at primary school. His life is carefully documented by sceptical Roman and Jewish historians, as well as a diverse group of New Testament writers. Jesus lived a life of astonishing humility and compassion. He taught as no one else taught, calling himself the light of the world, the bread of life, the resurrection and the life. He performed extraordinary miracles that even his enemies could not deny. He spoke out against fake news and against religious pride and oppression and was put to death for it. But three days later, God raised him to life. This is no ordinary man. This was God's son who came into the world. At the heart of the good news is a claim that we can investigate. But secondly, not only a claim, but there is a conviction. Here is a trustworthy saying. Christ Jesus came into the world. Why? To save sinners. It is the conviction that what our world most needs, more than a healthy economy, more than savvy political leaders, more than just social structures, more than nuclear disarmament and peace accords, what our world most needs is for us to be rescued from the underlying moral mess that begins in the human heart. Some of you will know the quote from Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the novelist. Very powerful words written a number of years ago now, of course. If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it was necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. 
But the line dividing good and evil, he says, cuts through the heart of every human being and who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart. The Bible calls it sin, sin, and the Bible calls us sinners. And the uncomfortable truth is the conviction that at the root of all wrong is the pride and selfishness and sidelining of God that actually marks every human heart. I don't know if you know the story of the young boy who wanted to be Joseph in the nativity play. And he was only given the lesser part of being the innkeeper. And his pride was deeply wounded. And so, to put things right, when Mary and Joseph arrived at the inn, instead of saying the traditional words, there is no room, to vent his frustration, he said, just come in, have a drink at the cabinet, take the bridal suite, chill out while I call the midwife, and ruin the whole nativity play. (laughs) And we have to admit that we are a little bit more like that than we sometimes would admit. When we don't get our way, We tear up the script, we ignore the director, we do our own thing, we push God to the margins, we offend him, we grieve the one who made us and loves us, and as a result we are separated from him. And only when we understand this do we appreciate how good is the good news, that Christ came into this world to rescue us, to do what we can never do ourselves, which is to deal with this sin before a holy God and to break the power of it within our own heart. There is a claim and there is a conviction and finally there is an encounter. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom, says Paul, I am the worst. And it's quite an extraordinary statement. Before Paul became a follower of Jesus, the Messiah, he was someone who you would never have dreamt of, of calling the chief of sinners. He was a meticulous Jewish scholar. He was sincere. He was morally disciplined. He was genuine. Perhaps zealous and fanatical, yes. But somebody for whom it would be incredulous to say that he was the chief of sinners. I don't think for a moment that he's saying he's investigated all the evils of the world and he comes top of the list. Neither do I think that we can conclude from this that Christianity is simply a guilt-inducing faith. But what it is indicating is something extraordinary. That something happened to this man that so spun him around that so gave him a new perception of himself, that so pulled him up short, that suddenly he realised how ugly and misplaced was his religious seal. In fact, tellingly, by opposing Christ and Christ's followers, he calls it nothing short of blasphemy. It was God he was offending. And by meeting Christ... Everything changed. And the whole passage that Heather read is one surrounded by great joy for the mercy 
for the grace, for the strength, for the patience that he received from God. And it ends with a famous outburst of praise. Now to God, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. True Christianity is always more than just believing a few things and following certain practices. It involves an advent in our own lives, a coming of Christ to us, an encounter with the risen Jesus. Over a month ago, in this town, we remembered a religious movement known as the Reformation. And one of the forerunners of that movement in the early 16th century was a remarkable Cambridge scholar pictured here called Thomas Bilney. And one day this scholar was given a New Testament recently translated from Greek to Latin by the great Renaissance scholar Erasmus. And as Bilney read with great interest his New Testament, he came to the very verse that we're just thinking about for a moment tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying, not fake news. A trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. And this is what Bilney wrote. This one sentence, through God's instruction and inward working, did so exhilarate my heart, which before was in despair. Immediately I felt a marvellous comfort and quietness. His life was turned round. God's greatest gift to the world is the gift of his son. And it's a gift he wants you, it's a gift he wants me to receive. We're going to sing two more songs now as we come towards the baptisms. And some of the young people from Impact are going to try and find a seat somewhere and join us. And first of all, we're going to sing a lovely song that helps us meditate on what we've been thinking of, chosen by Norma, How Great the Father's Love for Me. So let's stand to sing. Beyond all measure that he 
and an equally beautiful hymn that Judith has chosen, one some of us may not know, but it's a beautiful song, No Longer Slaves. You unravel me with a melody You surround me with a song Of deliverance from my enemies Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God
thank you so much for choosing those two hymns. Please be seated. The beginning of the, store of the service for those who have recently arrived. I said that baptism in a way is a bit like a play. The main player is Jesus. It enacts his true story, particularly his death and his burial and his resurrection. But we are invited to become part of that story. By encountering Jesus, by trusting in Jesus, by being, as the Apostle Paul would say, united with Jesus in Christ, then we share Christ's death. The old way of life that we once used to live, slave to fear, has gone and is going to be buried in this water of baptism. And we share the new life of the resurrection Christ, resurrected Christ, a power that we don't have that he gives us to live this new life. So we're going to listen now to stories of how folk have come to this point. And I hope that most of you got a copy of this little booklet as you came in. Uh, if not, um, and you'd like one, ask for it afterwards. And in this booklet is the stories of all nine of tonight's candidates. So do take it away, enjoy it, read it, talk to the folk who are mentioned here. But I've asked Judith bravely to begin, and Judith is going to come and tell her story. Um, so, as many of you will know um, and will have witnessed, I grew up in a Christian family and I have attended this church throughout my childhood and I've always absolutely loved coming here. Um, I don't remember much about when I became a Christian, apart from that I was around seven and at a holiday camp down in England. Up until, up throughout primary school, I never had any problems or conflicts in regards to my faith. Everyone knew I was a Christian, but no one really challenged it. When I started high school, I wasn't particularly close to anyone from my primary school, so I had to find new groups of friends. I was quite shy and very desperate to impress, so I became very easily influenced by those around me. As I settled into new friendship groups, the way I thought and spoke changed, especially because I was not close with many other Christians. By my third year of high school, I felt that the person I was at school was very different to who I was outside the school, and I felt very ashamed of how I acted when with my friends. At another holiday camp, when I was 15, I listened to a talk about living a double life and being influenced by those around us. Hearing my exact situation put into words made me very emotional, so afterwards I went and received prayer by the woman giving the talk. One thing that really worried me was how little Christians I was close to who were around my age. While at that camp, I became friends with a group of teenage girls who all had similar experiences and personalities to me. We became very close and still are now. It is such an encouragement having people to talk to about things I wouldn't be able to with my non-Christian friends. When I went back to school, I found that those who had previously called my best friends were now like strangers to me. We barely spoke, and when we did, it was incredibly awkward. After a couple of months of very forced friendship, we had a disagreement, which has never really been resolved. 
Since then, I have found a new group of friends who are incredibly supportive and friendly, plus one of them is a Christian, so I now have a good Christian friend who doesn't live ridiculously far away. I feel so much more free and able to be fully myself when with them, and so much more peace with myself and my surroundings, all thanks to God. I've been thinking about being baptised for a long time, but had always decided that I wasn't a good enough person, so I should put it off until I, until I was. So a big thing for me was realising how God doesn't require us to be perfect to be a member of his family. If I still held myself to the same standards I used to, there is no way I'd be getting baptised today. But because I've come to terms with the fact that because of Jesus' death, I am forgiven for all I do wrong, I now, I now able to allow myself to be baptised. I am now so excited to be baptised and to see what God has planned for me, and I'm so excited to be able to live the rest of my life as a child of God and to be able to live for and with him. Secondly, Norma. Is that right? No, it's not Norma, is it? Um, so, secondly, it is Neil. Yes, yeah, sorry. Poor Norma looks absolutely shocked. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah. um, I have been blessed to grow up in a Christian environment. I think I've had quite a sort of typical Christian upbringing for someone. Um, with Christian parents and that is meant when I was younger I used to go to um, various Christian events and, and camps and I think um, those sort of things have informed um, how I've thought about God and, and the Bible and other elements of the Christian faith and I would say I've always believed in God in some sense but I haven't always been the best at showing it. Um, at school I pretty much shied away from challenging conversations with um, any of my friends um, and that is something I really like sought to change um, at university. And though I think I struggle quite often to talk to people about what I believe in, um, God has really given me courage to be uh, more confident about um, telling others about Him while I've been here. And being part of the Christian Union in the last year uh, has really helped me with that. Um, I really I, I want to thank God because I think um, he really gives me a perspective of what is important in life. I, as a student here, I often see um, my peers being very like, stressed about all the elements of student life. And I absolutely get very stressed and worried about things as well. But at the end of the day, I think I have like a, a calmness um, in knowing that God has a plan for me which is better than anything I could create for myself. Um, so I am confident that even though I might mess up in what I'm doing, um, that he knows what's in store for me. And that um, is very, very reassuring. Uh, I'd say it was probably testimonies at Christian Union events that really helped me figure out that I wanted to be baptised now. Um, I'd always presumed that I would be baptised at some point, um, growing up, but I'd never felt like it was uh, exactly the right time. Um, but in the last six months, um, I've really been drawn to the idea, and I hope through baptism today and afterwards that I will continue to grow in my appreciation of God and what He has done for me um, by dying for my sins and um, guiding me uh, in everything I do.
Thank you. Norma's still recovering from the shock. <laughs> She's going to be preserved. George. So, I don't have notes like everyone else. <laughs> so, I'm George, I was brought up in Tayport, um, never moved house or anything, not interesting. You know. um, so, I actually became a Christian summer of 2016, and it was at a Young Life camp in, at Cairn Bray, and it was the last night, and the speaker said something that must have just clicked in my head. And that's kind of when I decided to what, tell Jesus that, like, he, thanks for dying on the cross to forgive my sins and all that. Um, <laughs> so, and then now that I have done that, I carried on with Young Life and I'm now a leader and I'm hoping to get other kids to that stage where they can come forward and confess it. Jesus died for them. So and that's why I'm getting baptised tonight, just to kind of put myself out there as a Christian. Troy, put yourself out there. <laughs> I uh, do have notes, so. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hello, so my name's Troy. I'm 21 and I'm a student here. So, although for most of my life I've identified as Christian, I'd never really explored or challenged my faith, and I'd never really know what it truly means to be a Christian. Um, so my journey began here first when I started worshipping here at St Andrew's Baptist Church. And every Sunday I attended, I sort of found myself more enthused in faith, more certain of my beliefs and of God's love. But still I was unsure about where I would receive the Spirit, when, I would, when my faith would actually mean something, when it would actually become real. Um, I expected an epiphany moment where it would all become clear, whether the clouds would open and a light beam would come down, but, but that didn't happen. But as we, as we all know, God knows, knows what's best for us, and he provides us with what we need, not necessarily what we want. So the moment I knew I was truthfully a Christian occurred earlier this year. I was speaking to a friend about thankfulness, and I spoke of my huge thankfulness to God for my incredible family, my incredible friends, and for my freedom to be a Christian, to worship without fear or worry. And in that simple moment, I realized that what I had said, I believed, and I had what I needed, God had provided. My life since has truly been changed. Every day I feel the growing presence of God in my life, and I realize that I have so much to be thankful for. Christ, through his death, has given perhaps the greatest gift of all, forgiveness, and with that I feel so much hope. I want to be baptized today to celebrate the glory of Almighty God, to rejoice in our Savior Jesus Christ's sacrifice, and signal my new beginning as a Christian.
Johnny and the rest of us were laughing that Johnny has the surname of Woods, so right through school and uni, he's always last in the class because of the W. So we, he's the last in the alphabet of those giving his testimony, but he's going to be the first of the second lot being baptised. Johnny, welcome. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, so I grew up going to church, which is almost every single person in Northern Ireland has this exact same experience where you grew up going to church. Um, and for as long as I can remember, um, I've thought that all the stories about Jesus and, and everyone else in the Bible, um, they were all true. No one ever really needed to um, question that. Um, but it was all head knowledge. Um, and there's absolutely no connection between, between my head and my heart. Um, Jesus made no difference to my life um, apart from my Sunday morning. Um, this continued throughout my teens, um, though I continued to do all the expected church things, um, though it never really made much of a difference. Um, however, when I was 16, I signed up to go on a Christian team to Romania. Um, honestly, uh, I did this because I liked one of the girls who was doing the team. <laughs> but I don't think motives are too important in retrospect. Um, <laughs> but my leader on the team um, was this amazing woman called Brogan. Um, and she had so much um, joy and love um, because of her relationship with Jesus. Um, I looked at her um, and I knew that I didn't have that joy in my life. So then out in Romania, um, I made the connection between my head and my heart, um, and I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> my life has been transformed. Uh, I, I'm not going to stand up here and say that I'm some sort of um, superhuman now. Um, I make mistakes. I, I, I still hurt people. However, knowing that Jesus um, died and rose again out of love for me, um, and that because of what he did, I can have a relationship with God. Um, that changes everything. Um, God has given me peace and, and he's given me joy. And, and this is why I wanted to get baptised. Um, I want to share with everyone that God has changed my life. Uh, and I want to show that I'm proud to be known um, as one of his followers and to be a part of his church. Um, and that is why I'm so excited to get baptised here tonight. So for those who we haven't heard whose names and stories are here, let's say thank you to them too. So let's stand and sing a great hymn, focusing where our focus needs to be, on the greatness of God shown in Christ. Let's stand as we prepare for baptism. <laughs>
to do that as long as you're not blocking the view too much of others. Um, what we're going to do is after each baptism we're going to pray for the candidate briefly and slightly unusually for us but I think accurately we're going to welcome them into membership over the baptismal pool rather than over communion and two representatives, uh, Jane from the Eldership and David from the Diaconate, are going to welcome them on behalf of the church into the life of the church. So Judith, welcome. Here you are. <laughs> Judith, do you confess your sin and renounce evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. And do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace, I do. Judith, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ and in obedience to his command, I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. I really believe in total immersion. <laughs> Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your grace in Judith's life. Thank you for all that she said. Thanksgiving for her family, for her heritage. But thank you, Lord, for what you've been doing over these recent years. For the work of your spirit, bringing Christ real for her. Lord bless her, encourage her, make her a strong witness at school and beyond. And how we thank you for her, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And be welcomed into the life of the church.
Norma, do you confess your sin and renounce all evil in your life? Do. do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. Do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace, I do. Norma, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and in obedience to his command, I baptise you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your hand on Norma's life. Thank you for being with her in good times and bad. Thank you for a new understanding in recent months of who you are and what you have done for her in Jesus. Thank you for a renewed faith, for a greater joy in walking with you, an understanding of how you work and her place in, in your plan for her life. We pray, Lord, that as now she makes this deeper commitment to you, that you would fill her with your Holy Spirit, that you would give her great joy in serving you, that you would give her new gifts that she can serve you in the church and in the world, and that she would know your love and your strength day by day. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the life of the Olena, do you confess your sin and renounce all evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. Do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By good grace, I do. Olena, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and in obedience to his command, I baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you for your hand on Olena's life. Thank you for planting that interest in the things of Christ, even in difficult days in Ukraine. Thank you that you were 
working in her life when that teacher spoke of faith in you, when she was able to read a bit from the Bible that she never had before. Thank you for being with her on this journey, both geographical and spiritual. And thank you for awakening her in her an interest and a love for you and for serving you and for knowing you more. Thank you, Lord, for this commitment she's making today to walk with you and to follow you for the rest of her life. And we pray that you would, by your spirit, fill her with your joy, with love for you, for gifts in serving in the world and in the church, that you would guide her, that you would give her great joy, that you would use her in ways that surprise her, that you will help her in her prayers, in her reading, in her family life and work. Thank you for her, Lord, and bless her, we pray. Amen. Amen. Alex, do you confess your sin and renounce evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour? I do. And do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By all grace, I do. Alex, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and in obedience to his command, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Gracious God, thank you so much for Alex. Thank you for Alex and Alina together, for their marriage and their family. Thank you for that time when your spirit began to strive with Alex, away there in Ukraine, popping into an Orthodox church. And thank you as we prayed with Fiona for the journey that they have both been on. Thank you for meeting Fiona Thank you for all the people who've built truth into his life. Thank you for the privilege it's been mine to read scripture with Alex uh, at, at, at the university. And I pray for him now as he confesses you as his Lord and Saviour. Assure him of that truth. Give him great joy. And may he continue to serve you, witness for you and be a blessing in his department and in his life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And welcome into the life of the church. So we're going to sing a song together, stretch our legs. We're going to sing Spirit of the Living God, Fall Afresh on Me. This is a song that Neil has chosen, particularly with the words, Break me, melt me, mold me and fill me. So let's stand to sing.
please be seated. As promised, word is the first. <laughs> Johnny, do you confess your sin and renounce evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. Do you promise to follow the Lord Jesus all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace, I do. Johnny, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord, and in obedience to his command, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, how we rejoice. Rejoice with Johnny's family here from Northern Ireland. Rejoice, Lord, together that uh, Johnny has come to this point. Thank you, Lord, for all that he means, for all that you mean to him. And we ask that your spirit would fill him tonight, that you would give him a deep assurance of your love and grace and salvation for him. And continue to use him to encourage and to lead others to faith in you. Bless him in his studies, guide him into his future, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome into the life of the church, my friend. <laughs> Mike. Mike, do you confess your sin and renounce all evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord? Yeah, I do. Do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Well, Mike, based on your confession of faith in the Lord as your Savior and in your obedience to him, I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for Mike, and we thank you for all that he's brought to our fellowship yeah. even before today. We thank you for his passion for you, for his zeal, for the truth, and to know you more. We thank you for the bravery it took for him to stand up today and declare in front of all these people that he's going to follow you. So we pray that you would continue to move in his life, continue to mold him into the image of your son, and continue to make him, Lord, the man you have him to be. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 Welcome to the life of the church. Amen. Yeah. Ah. <laughs>
Roy, welcome. Welcome to Mum, all the way from the Deep South. Come all this way to be here. Troy, do you confess your sin and renounce confess your sin and renounce evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. And do you promise to follow the Lord Jesus all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace I do. Troy, on confession of your faith in Jesus Christ, a Saviour and Lord. In obedience to his command, I baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for the journey that Troy has been on uh, over these last months. Thank you for friends like Amy and others who've been a witness to him in the medical school. Thank you for those folk back in his hometown who encouraged him over the summer. And thank you for that realization that you had broken into his life by your spirit and he could call you his own saviour saviour and lord lord confirm that faith in him now give him your spirit fill him with your spirit we commit his future to you lord would you use him would you bless him would you encourage him in jesus name amen amen, amen. welcome into I'm more excited than you are. <laughs> George, do you confess your sin and renounce all evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord? I do. Do you promise to follow Jesus Christ all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace, I do. Well, George, based on your confession of faith and your obedience to Christ, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'd just like to apologize for Young Life. <laughs> They're a rowdy bunch. Yeah. Lord, your scripture says if anyone is in Christ, he is new creation. The old is gone and the new is come. And Lord, we're reminded of that every day in our own lives. But for those of us who have gotten to walk with George for the last 18 months, you've proven it once again in his life. I thank you for who he is. Thank you for his fearlessness, for his boldness. Lord, for his willingness to turn and immediately serve. Lord, to demonstrate the grace you've given him by immediately wanting to turn it around and spread it to others. So I pray that you would continue to mold him in the image of your son. Yeah. Continue to give him grace. Continue to establish him 
and make him something beautiful, something incredible, something unbelievable. We continue to thank you. And I pray that as a community we would surround him and continue to give him the love and support he needs. And we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the life. Welcome, Neil. Do you confess your sin and renounce evil in your life? I do. Do you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your Saviour and Lord? I do. And do you promise to follow the Lord Jesus all the days of your life in the fellowship of his church? By God's grace, I do. Neil, our confession of your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. And in obedience to his command, we baptise you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Last, certainly not least. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your work of grace in Neil's life. Thank you for his parents, for his Christian heritage, for the love of his home church in Perth. But thank you for what you've been doing recently in his life. Thank you, Lord, for challenging him about baptism. And we pray that tonight you would now encourage him more, fill him again with your spirit. Thank you for his thoughtfulness, his gentleness, his integrity. Lord, continue to use Neil. Encourage him tonight. Bless him and those he seeks to witness to and those he seeks to serve. May he trust you for his future, for important decisions for his future. May he know the joy of knowing you as his shepherd and his Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, welcome to the life of the church. And um, that's us. There's one more hand. So we're going to sing a final hymn chosen by Mike, Amazing Grace. What a good way to end. Let's stand. Sing.
visited. Just take a few moments of quiet reflection. We've had a, an exciting evening and it's been great to see God at work. I thought I was being baptised again sitting where I was because the splashes <laughs> came all over me. But seriously, isn't it great to see God at work in lives across the age range? Not just young people, but older people too. And that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If any of you have felt challenged about your own spiritual walk, if you want to know more about coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour, or if you want to talk about baptism, please do make yourself known. There are some little booklets which you will find available on the stair as you go out and downstairs and uh, it will help you to understand more of the truth. It's called Christmas in Three Words. So do please pick one up if you would like to. And may God be at work in each of our hearts and lives. Let's remember also that this has been a, a... a hilltop experience but we're all involved in a spiritual battle and we need to be supporting these folk through these coming days because the evil one wants to be active he wants to downplay what has happened this evening so let's join together in prayer our heavenly father we do rejoice in you this evening. We thank you, Lord, for these people that we have witnessed who have declared their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do want, Lord, just to uphold them before you in these days. We know how easy it is for the the joy and the elation of this time to be taken away, to be snatched away, that we don't just wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. But we thank you, Lord, that the power of your Spirit is far greater. And so we entrust them to you. And we entrust ourselves to you this evening too. And now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.